Welcome back, community group leaders, to this week's episode of The Deeper Podcast, where we partner with you as you grow closer to God, His Word, and people. This week, we're starting a new series called Living in True God, and we're going to be diving into Ephesians chapter 2. Going on the journey today, I'm your host, Cody Leekan, joined here with Joe Hishma. Joe? Hey, everyone. Great to be back. Now, for those of you who are listening, i got to describe a little coincidence we got going here. Joe and I are matching. If you can see online. Yeah, I caught it. Yep. I caught it. You can only catch it if you're watching the video cast. Yeah, that's why I thought I would mention it. I didn't okay. w- originally pick this shirt this morning. I had another one. It was off. It was, I pulled the hanger out, <laughs> and I just was like, you know what? Not today. I put it back and there grabbed this go. one. So, I went grow ge- go green. Excuse me. That's you went, what I went go with. green. Yeah. I don't know why, but I did. It kind of feels folly, and I mean, with this weather we've got happening, yeah. it's been pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The trees are starting to shift. Yes. I, I like lo- it. I love this time of year. Leaves are starting to fall, which means uh, yard work. Either mulching or raking, one of the two. Mulching seems easier. I pray for wind to blow it into my neighbor's yard. Oh yes, (laughs) yeah. Mulching is definitely easier with the lawnmower and just run it over. It is. Raking is a lot of work, but then you can put it all into a pile, and then the kids. Last year we had a ball with putting it up in a pile and Charlie jumping through it. The dogs got involved, so I I guess there's a catch twenty two to each of those. Yes. Awesome. So, Joe, we're kicking off a new series, Living in True God is what it's titled. Kyler, of course, got some artwork for it. We get this new kind of vision we're going here with a three-part series. So can you kind of give us a vision of, like, where's this series going? What What's the heart behind it? Heart behind this is to um, identify with the living and true God. And mm. In First Thessalonians, Paul got a report about the church in Thessalonica, how they turned from idols to the living and true God. Okay, and so I think that's our that's our invitation today. Do we live according to our God given identity, or do we follow the pattern of this world? That's this week, right? Yeah. Then next week, as we look into the book of Colossians, we're going to be looking at just our identity and what Christ has done for us and how to live in that power. And then in First Thessalonians chapter one, so just three chapters. Um, we'll be looking at how to live out the realities of living in true God hmm. by turning away from idols and and who we once were to follow the risen uh, risen Christ. Yeah, sounds awesome. Yeah, again, again, it's it's kind of things we all already know, but need to be reminded of and yeah. live in the reality of. And I think that's where I've heard it said many years ago, keep preaching the gospel to yourself, that it should never get boring to you. You should always have a overall um, just a glory and joy in living out the gospel and who you are. Yeah, having that constant reminder and yeah. never forgetting. Yeah. Yeah. Versus living as a wealthy, entitled child who just kind of... You know, it's who I am. I heard the gospel yeah. before. You know, in what way are we engaging it as new, exciting, and our destiny? Yeah, and living like that, not just taking grace for granted and, That's right. you know, why should we keep sinning so that grace may abound? No, surely not. And That's so, right. That's right. It's a good call and a good reminder. I'm looking forward to this series. Mm-hmm. We had a the run-through right before filming this, and right. I really liked how you broke the passage up. So you started us with a little bit of context to get us running in Ephesians if you, yeah, Ephesians 1, That's right. and then you took ver- chapter 2, and you preached a little bit from the first half, and then a little bit from the second half, and then you went first back 11. to the first half, yeah. and then back to the second half. 
So can you kind of give us some like background for why you, you set this week up that way? Like, okay. where are we going with this? Well, I know I'm teaching something people already know. Oh, okay. yeah. But I wanted to show them how Paul shared it with them. And he shared it with them for, from a personal identity that they've received from Christ. They were once dead, now alive. And then a uh, national community, you know, family of God perspective of identity. Yeah. And, and he compares both of them and he shares an overwhelming amount of blessing and victory and glory and beauty and, and joy and hope in the midst of the gospel in our lives. Yeah. That's exciting. And this week, you've brought back uh, some illustration elements. Yes. I brought out the blackboards. Yes. The, so They're kind of white. They're whiteboard technology, but they are black. So that's right. That's right. I guess we can call them blackboards. That's right. So we could call them dry eraser marker boards or something. Yeah, the marker boards. Because <laughs> gr- growing up, I remember the blackboard was the chalkboard. But... Yes. And make you cringe when chalk is written on it these days. Oh, ones. Yeah. yeah. Do they even have them in classrooms anymore? Um, not that I know of. Yeah, I think they're all smart now. Technology. That's right. Yep. <laughs> awesome. So as we look at examining this passage, what does this week's passage teach us about God? Well, he's living and true, right? <laughs> so Just like the series. It's yeah. the work of Christ. It's the work of Christ that um, the death and resurrection of Christ are always paired together in the gospel. They can't be seen apart. Yeah. It's, it's certainly some incredible moments of the death of Christ, taking our sin, paying our price, being the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But it wasn't that God just kept him dead. He raised him to life. Yeah. And, and that means we not only have salvation, but we have redemption, we have restoration, all because of this living and true God, who is the one who these realities then can get into our lives and move us from death to life, yeah. and from being aliens and strangers into the family of God and the people of God. Yeah, it's a great weekend for some exhortation and encouragement. That's right. Reminder of message we've already heard, but you know, to keep going and to mm-hmm. keep that fresh. Yeah, that's right. So. As you're digging out throughout the Word this week and preparing for the message, what else from your time of study do you have that you weren't able to cover? Um, this week, I put it all on the table. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so um, I, don't, I don't have anything that I went off, and I think a lot of it's the time in putting the message together. Yeah. I didn't have the time this week that I typically do. I went up to Milwaukee right after the services on Monday, on Sunday, and then came back last night. And so um, I had to help. I'm helping my mom navigate stuff with my dad's loss. And um, we're navigating through different things. And so I didn't have the time. I just stuck to the text and tried yeah. to mine just from the text everything there. And I guess I, 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 um, as I read through it, I can just hear the other passages that could be linked to it. Uh. So you're just, I mean... This is, as I mentioned in the beginning, this is a view of the Grand Canyon, of the glory of the, of the gospel, yeah. and yet we never, we can never exhaust it, and we'll never exhaust it, even in heaven, so. Yeah. Um, well, with that, I, uh, verse 14 kind of caught me. Can you kind of orient us here with that? We've got a wall that's being broken down. Where are we at? Verse 14. Yes. Uh, verse 14, for he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. So you kind of started to mention that in your message. 
is this a literal wall? Is it a figurative wall? Are we separating heaven and earth? Like, I know this is kind of like more of a content pa- sure. question. So, like, so remember the temple was torn down in 70 AD by Rome. Yep. Before that, Paul wrote this, and he had been at the temple. There was a dividing wall. There's the dividing wall of the court of the Gentiles, with then the place Jews could go. Yeah. In the court of the Gentiles, there was a dividing wall there. And in archaeological evidence, they found that um, there was an inscription, all who enter who are not Jewish will be killed. Whoa, okay. okay. That's been one of the finds. Okay? Yeah. And that's why the temple guards were there, to protect the dividing, the division between ah. the different levels of righteousness and holiness that would associate with you going in worship. So there was the court of the Gentiles, court of the women, and then only the men could go into one area. And then there was even the court where only the high priest could go into, and that was the veil. Yeah. Okay? So there were all these divisions. And when Christ died, that veil was torn in two. And it was a, a symbol. That was a symbol that God was saying that, no, all can enter the most holy place. And you read Hebrews. It shows us, yes, yeah. he was our priest. He went there, and now we can go there. Yeah. As I was just reading, I thought that was a interesting thought to talk about, and so I loved how you kind of started to go there in your message, and so I thought it would be a good talking point, and could be a point of confusion. Sure. Is it That's literal, right. physical, or spiritual, and so... Yeah, the dividing wall caused hostility. Yeah. It caused hostility between God and man, and it caused hostility between man and man. Mm. And so when, what Paul is saying is, no, you've been united to God, and you've been united to each other, Jew and Gentile through the gospel, have been united again together. Yeah. Which, um, as I have spoken to non-believing Jews and, and with the gospel, that's one of their greatest fears, is that they'll lose their mm. identity as Jewish by becoming a Christian. And therefore, they view it as a uh, disloyalty and unfaithfulness, a spit in the face to their heritage that they've had. Oh. When in reality, Paul is joining it all together, law yeah. and prophets, right? The prophets did this. The apostles taught this. You are now into this new community. And so it's not a uh, scratching out or rewriting history. It's a yeah. fulfillment of that history in the person of Christ. Oh, so such a deep-seated reach for Paul to grab that and to help yeah. kind of like break that culturally down. And That's right. Still so applicable to us today and looking at non-believers, believers, and just like, yeah, we got to tear down this division among us. That's right. That's right. So kind of the theme that you're going through this message is just this gentle reminder of like, as Christians, this is kind of the way where we got to be living. This is what we've got with the living and true God. And most of our viewers, listeners, they're going to be in that same boat. And so I really liked the application questions this week because it's that reminder that even though we are believers, mm-hmm. even though that we already know the gospel for the most part, I mean, some might not sure. have a full understanding, but... As we're doing doing that, it's still important to remember that our identity is in God and to reaffirm that and to be pushing back to that. And so first question for the application is, what about your past identity do you struggle to get over? So Paul is writing um, to a group of people, whether they were Jewish or uh, Gentile, they still saw their identity put in their works. What do they do? What have they done? 
Those are all things that yeah. we find our identity in. And I think that can be mine too. What have I done? I tend to look at a day being productive as a good day. Yeah, the check boxes. And if I didn't check boxes, I wasn't accomplished. Yeah. And God is teaching me, especially through a time of mourning and loss of my father, that yeah. grief is okay to navigate. It's okay that you don't accomplish it or get over someone as being true healing. Mm. But um, and and that takes time. That takes time. And so God is reminding me, it's not what you've done, but what I've done. It's not who you are, but what I who I am. And so I needed that. That reminds me each day. Um, that's the dead way of living. It's a dead way because you get to the end yep. of yourself and you can't succeed. You yeah. can't be who you even want to be. Yeah. And so it's a dead life. So the, the good part is that it reminds me to come back to my true identity in Christ. Yeah. What about you? For me, it's that notion of being just separated and alienated. Uh, especially notice this like in my prayer life. If I've gone a little bit of time without coming to God in prayer, it feels like that relationship with a friend that's been neglected of like, mm-hmm. where do we start talking? Yeah. How do I go about like asking? But then like, I, I don't want to just be that friend that just says all of a sudden, oh, hey, God, can I have? Mm-hmm. And so trying to navigate that and just feeling alienated. And then the worse that gets, it just makes me like more nervous to go into the next prayer time and yeah. just focusing on like, feeling alone is because mm-hmm. it's it's just like i'm not talking with god i'm not in communion with god and so mm-hmm. that was the area for me that i struggle to get over and sure at times comes back up for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the next question kind of playing off that is what about your present identity do you need to be reminded of yeah so no matter what i do no matter what i've done no matter who i am or what i have uh what i haven't done um, I'm beloved of God, I'm his child. I was once an object of wrath. Now I'm a son of righteousness through Christ. And that just, I need to be reminded of that because I either take on too much responsibility for the way things are or for the hope for the way things are. Yeah. And so, um, so one keeps me in guilt and shame. The other one keeps me in overconfidence and pride. Mm. And so I need to be reminded... I am a part of a community of Christ followers, yeah. and my identity is follower. That's If I could have any identity that would ultimately reflect the glory of Jesus, it would be, I'm a follower of Christ. Yeah. And that's all I need. That's all I need is to be reminded of that. Yeah, that's good. What about you? For me, being reminded of having near and have having near and access to God, mm-hmm. like I can have access to God always. I don't have to just be at church to restart that prayer life during communion and be like, ah, well, all right, God, I've been away in my prayer life. Let's reorient this. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's just like I just need to sit down and just start praying and just talking to God, reestablishing that relationship and just opening up that dialogue. Mm-hmm. And so, as I need to be reminded that I do have that, yeah. Like, we don't have to go to the temple anymore and have someone intercede. Jesus came to intercede on our behalf. And so that's right. Awesome. Well, Joe, as we conclude our time, would you pray for the leaders as we go about preparing for this week? Yeah. Fathers, we engage this weekend in a new week. Uh, we look to you to remind us who we are in you. Jesus, I thank you for being the living and true God. And we turn from ourselves, we turn from all the other false images or false gods that we might bow down to or serve or spend time investing in or seeking after. 
and we turn to trust you. Remind us of who we are in you, and then, Spirit, empower us to live as you have called us to live, as part of your family, as people who are, have been brought near, uh, as, a, as a building that you're building together, dependent on you and each other, as you um, build something that our world sees a greater picture of you with. We trust you. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. And we are one week and one day at the time of recording this on Thursday, mm-hmm. away from cupcakes and comedy. Yep. Bob says there's going to be lots of cupcakes. So not something you're going to want to miss. Get registered for that so that you can reserve your seats for that. And then Bethlehem Experience signups are going good, but we still need help as you guys are continuing to sign up. Remember ticketing and greeting and guest services. That's the team. All right. That's where we want to see you. But also, if you've got gifts of acting, don't deprive the the body of believers from that. So go ahead and sign up for that, too. But I just got a selfish plug for ticketing and greeting. So with that, that's all I've got for you today. And look forward to seeing you next week. 